Hey, everybody, and welcome back to the discussion phase, our board gaming podcast where we take a break from playing the games we love to talk about the games we love. I'm your host, Brady. And I'm Matthew. And today, uh, in person, we have David from Danville and Jacob from John City. And they're in town this week, which means we've been having a board game binge. So we've got several games to catch up on before we jump right into our top 20 through 11. So stay tuned. And as always, buckle up. So I feel like David came in last night. We got several things, or even earlier in the afternoon yesterday, we got several things played, and I feel like we've already knocked out more games in the past like day and a half than we got in our whole um, uh, cabin trip a, a few weeks ago. Yeah, yeah. I think we've been uh, hitting some big games to the table here recently because it's kind of been, yeah, for the past week, I went out and I was on Facebook last, not last night, but Sunday night, uh, so two days from recording the podcast, and you know we've been talking about Cthulhu Wars in our group as because you know, we love a lot of dudes on the map type games, big epic minis, big experiences, grandiose type stuff, t- table presence, and so we've been looking for Cthulhu Wars. But one thing, it's very expensive. I know the most recent Kickstarter has I think has crazy delays and stuff. They don't even know when it's coming out, and so getting a hold of any of the expansions and core game has been hard to do. And then let alone it's so massive yes. is that shipping would be almost half the cost. And oh, I didn't real I didn't even realize Matthew honestly that this was on your radar and then all of a sudden you walk in with two boxes full yeah. of Cthulhu Wars and we're like all right we got to throw yeah. it down. Well, David and I we were going to put in a uh, get in a game potentially at PAX Unplugged and end up working out and so I was on Facebook Marketplace for Board Game Exchange the other night and someone posted a listing for it and they posted in Knoxville which is about an hour and a half away and he said I'm willing to drive and meet halfway and you can pick it up tonight, whoever wants it and stuff. So I messaged him. I was like, I'll take it. And so I just drove at the wee hours of the night, picked it up, <laughs> brought it back. And then the next day we got it to the and table. between that, PAX, and Christmas, we've just got, we're just swimming in board games right yeah. now. I, right now, my total own board game collection is right around 138. Uh, and I know we my- got some trimming to Yeah, because I, I think at the beginning, our one of our resolutions was keeping a board game collection at 100. Um, so we're going to have to have, not all those have been played and some of those are on pre-order and Kickstarter. So, uh, but still we're going to have to do a lot of trimming friends and family discounts. If I came to your house, Matthew, and just started taking one game a day, how long would it take before you'd realize? A good while, brother. It'd take you a good while. I got, I got games <laughs> in my room. We still don't know where Raja's is, do we? I think it's in a bag somewhere. I got to yeah, find it. Gotta I got to find that. I got there's games under my bed. That's David been hasn't had there. a chance to play it yet. I know. Yeah, I haven't had a chance to play it. And you're going to just leave it laying somewhere around? Yeah, casually. Yeah, that is a problem. But Cthulhu Wars is an epic monstrosity of a game in all the yes. good ways. When I say monstrosity, it is... Um, it may not be the most detailed miniatures that we've ever played with. I told the guys like Ankh miniatures were probably some of the most detailed, beautiful miniatures. But as far as just sheer just scope of how thick these miniatures are and how big they are, I haven't played any other game that quite compares. And how ugly they are. They are hideous Very grotesque. in all the right ways. Yeah. Um, literally stacking up all the boxes together. If we put every box because I got the core game, uh, three faction expansions, uh, two great old one packs, a high priest expansion, an extra map, uh, upgraded dice, uh, the gate packs. So there's big, thick um, plastic gates that go on the board and stuff. I mean, when you stack everything up, it's probably three, four feet high. Just And that's only just a, a fraction of all the content out there for the game. 
Um, but the main mechanism is it's an action point economy. You have base movement, attacks, uh, recruiting, retreating, all that kind of stuff. That's all based on action points. So in that regard, it reminded me a lot of that tension of your action point economy from Blood Rage. Yeah, uh, which that's I appreciate. That's what it struck me as as I was like racing to try to learn what this game is that yeah. you just went and picked up. So. I honestly felt it was a combination of that tension and then just the table presence and the interaction of your monsters that something like Horizon Sun would have. To me, it felt like a blend of those two games. It gave me just the just larger-than-life table presence and experience that Rising Sun does, but I felt there was a little more strategy and just that tension because you can keep going around the table taking actions as long as you have action points, but if you're out of action points, you can't do anything, or if you pass, you lose all your actions. You can't do anything else. And yeah, so, Jacob knows all about yeah. that. I learned that the hard way. Yeah. Spend uh, all my power, which is your resource, your action point resource. Uh, spend it all quite early, thinking I was uh, building up my little engine because there's these things called are they sc scroll books? Is that what? It's? Scroll books, spell yes. books, spell, spell books. books, yeah, spell books. That each faction has unique spell books, which kind of make your asymmetric faction more unique as the game. Uh, progresses and so I figured out a way that I could get three of these on my very first turn which nobody else did but by their second turn everybody else had three and I was sitting there doing literally nothing because I had spent so much power trying to build it up yeah. that I hadn't set myself up well for Jacob was turns. playing Super Smash Brothers on the side while we were all finishing out our turns yeah, but it has that mechanic to where you like in Blood Rouge you can kind of wait out your opponents if you can kind of time them out that way you can go and do things on the map uh, to win because what's cool about this game is there are no victory points directly related to combat, but yet combat is necessary to gain vantage states on the board because it's all about creating and controlling portals on the on the board. And so when it comes to like when it comes to game design, I think it's important that there's what what I guess what I would call focus. And that's what makes a game simple like this in that you know it's the game is all about these gates. You control the gates. And because of that, every move that happens you, you have a clear understanding of like what's going on. And then when something, when a new monster is introduced, a new great old one is introduced, you know the implications of what that means for the board state because there's one scoring mechanism and that's it. Exactly. We just may have different ways of working towards it. Whereas in a route, there are some common point generators, but everyone has a unique point engine. So to do well in that game, you have to have an understanding of why people are doing stuff and then how that relates to points in Cthulhu Wars it's all one way or another is related to gaining control and influence over those gates um, so that helped because everyone's creatures and factions abilities were different and I told the guys before we even played it's like this is a type of game to where whenever someone say hey here's my new ability or, Here, here's my great old ones ability you're gonna be like you can do what how is that fair but everyone has that kind of moment or experience because everyone's faction is so crazy and unique um, and also, and too, it's so true because we had so many moments in that game where somebody, you know, busted wide open their special ability, and then Matthew is over there flipping through the rule book like, no, 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 that that's not how that works. Yeah, rules and lawyer I, over here is yeah, like, there's yeah. got to be a way to where this is not true. Yeah, but, exactly. So I, I actually really enjoyed it. It took a little bit longer than we hoped because this is kind of touted as a large dudes on the map game that you can play theoretically in 90 minutes. It with teach, it was uh, for five players. None of us had ever played it before. We just kind of a couple of us brushed up on the rules. It was about a three-hour play, um, but a lot of that was trying to understand what each other's factions are doing and how to optimize. And like Jake was mentioned before, it can really hurt if your engine isn't taken care of. And I've read some reviews like people play this game differently based on their groups' preferences. Some groups play this to where it's just an all-out bloodbath and just a combat-heavy game, and then other groups like to build their engine 
build up those gates and everything. And then towards the end, there's like a climatic moment to where people are trying to vie for those last crucial little gates just to push them over the edge yes. with that. And so there's different ways that you can play it depending on your style of combat. Because you and can just do it, just combat all game long. Something else to note um, that has to do with this game is Steven came back from the dead and joined us for the Cthulhu Wars. That's true. Um, just to, glad to have him back. Yeah. Just and to then, win. The dead of his and own. absolutely destroyed us, as uh, Steven tends to do. Well, Brady, you did give him a little bit of an advantage. Yeah. Well, I was scared of him, and I, <laughs> I had one of my spell books in the beginning was just straight up give someone else three points and then you know i got to get a special ability three out, out of, of 30 right like yeah. 30 is the game in mechanism so that's 10 percent of their victory condition and so i looked over at steven, steven on the first well time. and steven and i were neighbors and along with david over there and i said hey you want three points and 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 then go towards david yeah uh, one me? <laughs> one thing that i did appreciate about this game was in-game conditions so there's two in-game conditions once someone hits 30 doom which is essentially like victory points or when someone hits this annihilation track, which is kind of like this bonus track you can choose to engage with. But that doesn't necessarily mean you win um, or even have a chance to win because one of the prerequisites is that you have to have all of your six spell books or your faction's unique abilities in play. You can only get those in play by accomplishing certain faction-specific feats. So it is possible for someone else to trigger the in-game state, but they not necessarily win because if you trigger the in-game state but don't have all your spell books in play, you, you can't be in contention for winning the game if unless you have those six spell books and so that was really interesting because i think there was at a point to where steven was well ahead but he didn't have all his six spell books many of us a couple of us had six or had five and very close so he, i could tell he slowed down a little bit i felt like he didn't want to have to hit that in-game trigger until yeah, he yeah, had yeah. those six and so there's there's different ways of gaming or strategically pushing different tracks to where you can win the game without necessarily quote-unquote being ahead if you strategize correctly. Yeah. So my, I guess if if we're, this is just a first impression because we've only yeah, played it once, once and I'm crossing my fingers that we play again this evening because that'd be great, um, is that I enjoyed that this is an actual, like when we use the word asymmetry, this is actually asymmetry, not like in a, a Euro game where like you start with two gold and I start with one gold or something like that. Uh, everybody's playing the game differently and I appreciate just like how nuts the game is. Like yeah. when you're just plot, I mean, Brady's, what was it, Hastor or whatever? His yeah, big old big yellow, yellow piece. Just to, when you plop it down, it just looked insane. And, and I, I took yeah. down the Great Cthulhu <laughs> during that game, which was Matthew's. Because yes. I did not realize one of your special abilities is you could assign where hits are placed. Because one thing in this game that also makes it a little more streamlined is that every unit only can take one hit point. Uh, but one way including you can, those big great old including the big great old them. ones that are really powerful but really hard to get out so what you want to do you have one want to have lesser minions that can take those hits earlier uh than your great old ones and so that's what i did i have people grunts there to take the hits but then brady's special abilities was he gets to assign the hits so it didn't even matter so i assigned that first hit to big old cthulhu boy and he was out of there yep it's very very sad but i'm excited uh when we play this again, either tonight or um, in the future, I think there's, I mean, we, there's several other uh, factions, expansions we haven't touched. There's modules in here to where essentially you can gain extra great old ones um, by uh, you accomplish a feat or doing some condition and you get to recruit this great old one as an extra yep. faction into your units and stuff. You could lose it and then someone else can get it. A lot of games, when you gain those extra monsters, they're yours forever. These you can actually lose and then someone else could potentially gain them as well. Yeah, I did. Really, just this is, it's wild, it's nuts, and 
I cannot wait to play again. This is high up on my hype list right now. Yeah, the only thing for me long-term, though, is I think with all these boxes, this is competing heavily with me with King of Tokyo, and (laughs) I do not know if there's room in the collection for both. It's going to be a hard decision, Brady. It is is a lot of space. I think, Jacob, you needed to store it at your place because I do not have any more room to store this game, I don't think. You're I'll gonna, just take all these boxes. You're gonna have to take my first it. day of what games I'm taking from you. Yeah, you're gonna have to store this at your <laughs> house and stuff because it, it is a lot of content. Um, and I we feel all like, know that more plastic equals better game, right? Yes. Plastic as onk, as onk the more plastic, the better yeah. the game. Yeah. So there's a lot of plastic in this game. These boxes are just full of plastic, big, chunky, yeah. hefty. Yeah. And plastic. speaking of big, hefty, chunky plastic, we also got another Cthulhu themed game to the table uh, in the past week, and this one has been on all of our hot hotness list games we really want to play and thankfully i was able to find because they've been sold out everywhere online but i found some copies there packs unplugged and that is unfathomable the uh kind of the second edition or reprinting or retheming of Battlestar galactica uh by fantasy flight um and it, it streamlined in a, in a lot of ways we played it at four players i feel like after that i played it twice at four players um i really feel like maybe the game is a little bit better at five it adds a little more uncertainty and it gives uh, a little more strength to um, the non-hybrids or non-cultist players at the table. Because um, the thing is, we all lose if just the ship is destroyed. And it could the, theoretically, the hidden agents, the hybrids and stuff don't have to do things too obviously yeah. to sabotage it. Yeah, that's because what it's I It's hard to keep the ship going. Um, and, and something else in the game, uh, unlike a lot of... Tri- typical um, hidden trader type of games is you can actually become a hidden trader and change your allegiances like halfway through the game, which is what happened to me. I was a good guy. And then during the second half of the game, I ended up being a bad guy. And at that point I was like, Oh, well they're all screwed anyways. I don't have to do much. Yeah. Um, it yeah. felt like the game just naturally, like, like we were talking about, even if we were all, this is impossible, but if we were all fully human, the whole time, I think we still would have lost because it no, was so hard to manage some well, of those and that was, uh, I was, tracks. And I said several times throughout the game, it was like, I don't know if we should be spending that or doing that much. And then, you know, I know you said it a couple times and John said it a couple times, just like, well, I just don't have a way of gauging whether or not this is good or a bad action. Because I was talking about the passengers, if the passengers dies, we lose stats. And I said, it's so easy to lose these stats and you get down just one or two stats and then the hybrids or the cultists could just snipe yeah. us. And so having a better understanding of managing those uh, stats of your population, your fuel, your food, your sanity, all that kind of stuff, uh, and defending and keeping the damage off the ship. Understanding action efficiency goes a long way in keeping the ship yeah. going. And it's easy as the hidden trader to not necessarily make these horrible moves, but just make slightly suboptimal moves. And that that in itself can kind of you know, keep you under the radar, but also do a lot to prevent yeah. the We should have thrown these fools th- in the brig, Matthew. Yeah. Why don't we throw them in the brig? Yeah. And, and so one thing, too, exactly that. So understanding the value of throwing someone into the brig earlier in the game and trying to get a feel for who or what they are is good. Because one thing that happens there is a captain who chooses your destination cards. There's a keeper of tomb, has an ability to use these powerful actions. There's a hierarchy of who gets to have those titles based on your characters. If you ever get thrown in the brig or revealed as a traitor, you lose that and it goes to the next person. So one way of getting one of those powers off of somebody is throwing them to the brig. Um, And there are also a lot of cool uh, abilities on characters we haven't played with. One character's ability is the ability to actually look at someone else's um, hidden identity card. Now, of course, can you trust that person? Yeah or nay, but it adds a little more 
yeah. uh, interesting flavor into there and knowing how to optimize those abilities is really big and i do think five players can a five players game there'll be three humans and then there'll be two hybrids uh in a four player game there ends up being two humans a hybrid and then a cultist the hybrid wins obviously if the ship is destroyed but the cultist has the same win condition but they can only win if it happens the very last final section of the game so yeah. they want us to survive long enough until it gets to that last point in a five-player game it's three versus two and so you what definitely have it? more is it help six is it two versus four i'd have to look it may get surely uh, it wouldn't be three versus three it may be three humans two hybrids and then a cultist that still sounds hard i would imagine three yeah. versus i mean two it, it is a hard. it is it's supposed to feel like a doom and gloom even yeah, the regular yeah. battle star it was supposed to be a challenge cooperatively just to keep the boat alive and then yeah, you have yeah. to use your extra senses to figure out who's not helping us there because you yeah. and then knowing too, looking at what skill cards people are drawing and knowing what they can contribute to and then identifying hey they can contribute to this but they're choosing not to yeah Keeping i am excited in the future to compare this with nemesis coming out which jacob is oh. going to have well, those are two completely different games i feel like because in nemesis you're on a ship in space there are monsters coming after you yeah, but it that could is, be semi co-op. Yeah, but that is definitely game. But you're not. Thank you. Thank I you. I know there is, and then there is like a fire track. But the your focus is a lot more individualized than it is team based. You're just trying. You alone are trying to get out. You could care less about anyone else. In Unfathomable, it's we have to work together or we all lose. It seems like an unfathomable. You put the um, the like the mechanism of resistance more to the forefront whereas in nemesis it might be more like kind of yeah. looming i feel like the, the narrative is more Nem in the yeah and nemesis is a run and gun type game where, where you're trying to survive along like it i've played both I, the, a couple times i just love the theme in nemesis so oh it's much great more. I'm, uh, I'm sorry, and we also for have the rpg for aliens <laughs> as well which i am stoked for i've been prepping see and and it's going to be an amazing I feel like experience we can role play a little master. bit during nemesis do you feel the same way You've played it. Well, actually, I've, I've played it, but uh, just barely in a long time ago. You have to getting a lot more familiar with the game and not having to constantly keep up with the components, the rules, and all that stuff. That what take, well, that's what takes it away a little bit. We are very familiar with this copy of Nemesis. <laughs> Trust me, this was an investment in this group right here. I believe in you. It was a large financial Play investment. Yeah. It was. Uh, we've also some other games that we're still exploring, and we want to hold out our thoughts before we review. Yeah, give my, them the rapid mind management. Uh, we've had to Woo the table. Uh, Imperial baby. Steam. It's um, been said that it was the best hidden movement game that isn't actually a hidden movement game. Brady, you it's played it one said. time. You didn't understand what was happening. You you, you have to reserve <laughs> any kind fantastic. of judgment. It is we'll, fantastic, we'll but comments. there's still a lot of stuff in the game we haven't explored. Uh, John and I, we got in a two-player game of Imperial Steam. Uh, this has got a lot of uh, hotness on it right now. Some people are saying maybe the best Euro to come out in 2021. I'm waiting for it to kill Great Western Trail. That's oh, it's all rolling, I'm waiting for. Rolling my eyes. It's, it's a completely different game. I'm it, excited about Imperial Steam. Yeah. Um, it, I mean, technically it is a train theme, but it's not like an 18xx type experience if that's what you're looking for the theme for mind management also is just so good well take us back to mind it's management. weird let's it's just weird. reverse see for back. me let's not I, talk about I, imperial steam i feel you get that out of mind management if you're familiar with the source material honestly you could retheme this mind management i love the mechanics i love the way you think uh, we don't want to get in review but well sorry the setting then the setting yes yeah, the setting's cool um, but it's the, it's the way you think and the way you try to identify the hidden trader, which is what I think makes my management uh, special. We also got in um, the expedition leaders 
for yes. Lost Ruins of Arnak. Yes. Uh, asymmetric leaders. player abilities, asymmetric starting cards. I still felt like it was, was hard to play. Yeah, I still felt like it was Lost Ruins of Arnak. It just had maybe a little bit more interesting decisions to make. The one thing that I was hoping it would help more and change was the where you, we are starting to say instead of deck building, it is a hand management system. Thank you. Um, True. Because True. it is if I if I go in it like being a deck builder, it just frustrates me. Yeah. Uh, but there's still but and the one thing is the artifacts. There is a expedition leader who their whole mechanic is getting those artifacts and using them more because that is the one thing in every game we played is the artifacts are hardly ever used except maybe yeah. at the very end for their one time ability shots and then that's it. Mm-hmm. Um, but there is the ex- new track was great. I feel like Arnak yeah. is a is one of those games for me that is a solid game, but it is probably not going to be in my top 10. Along with that is like games like Hadara and Royals. It's in your sweet spot. Yeah, right? sweet spot, but yeah. not necessarily. And he's also very good at it, which he's beat me like the last three times we've played, which is annoying, Brady. <laughs> yeah. the, th- the thing is, even with the new tracks in Arnak, you're still doing the same thing mechanically. It may just be a different resource type, or there may be a fear card attached to it, but mechanically and strategically, you're doing the same thing. It's not yes. changing up your priorities. Oh, well, you know what? This new ability is way more powerful or attacking monsters are better or getting artifacts or this. And so you still need to go up the... I don't know if has anyone won this game that we played that hasn't got to or almost near the top of the research track. Yeah, I mean, this is a, this is a game where you, like, to win, you have got to be, I feel like, at the top of that research and track. They, I mean, everyone... Yeah. And the only other thing that competes with it is someone who goes heavy monster hunting. Heavy monsters. But Jacob even then, there is a limited amount of those monsters. Yeah, you, so it's just, like, you really have to be efficient all around. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. I've seen everybody who's won, they've done it with a, a good dose of exploring, good dose of monster hunting, good dose of research track, yeah. um, So if, if it, It's it not the like game that you play where you like, ooh, I want to take this track this time or this track. It's like, no, it, you kind of have to do everything and do everything well. And whoever does all the, everything well the best is usually yeah. then. And I think one of the, the bright spots of the game is that it all integrates really well. Your actions lead into other actions really mm-hmm. well. They all yeah. feed each other really well. And so, you, you know, Brady, you mentioned the other day, you just like that like combo-y, chain-y feel. And, and um, Lost see, Dreams of Arnak really gives you that. See, that's the one thing that I feel it doesn't do for me is a sense of like what I'm doing later on in the game is significantly different from what I'm doing earlier on. Like I don't feel like what I'm doing is better or more or more interesting. It's just I'm doing the same thing, but I've just progressed yeah, you further don't necessarily doing the same get thing. More powerful. I yeah, I agree with you. And there. The, there are some combo chains when you do your assistance, but I, they there's like kind of bonuses more than like combos that give you extra actions. Let me ask you this, Matthew. The, if these are two very okay games for you. Um, it's solid. I'm, it is what it like. It does what it's supposed to do. I just, I, I, the only criticism, I guess, I wish it did a little bit more. Because the thing is, I love the theme so much. I love the concept. I love the art. I love what it's doing. I love the research components, the monster hunting. I just wish it had just a little bit deeper mechanics for interesting strategies to where every time I felt I came to the game, I was maybe doing something a little different or the board state changed to where maybe I still had the same end goal, but I had to go a different way to do it. Every time I play, and it, it, like I said, it, it fits into a very good midweight category. But do you think, I think my desire and love for everything it does makes me want more out of it. Do you think um, this one is is one that's going to be on the chopping block for your your collection anytime soon? No, I mean it's not. A, I've never said it's a bad game. Yeah, I guess my only criticism is I wish I love it. Well, and what but it could we're be. getting to the point where even. Where good games no longer have room in our collection, right? That is we true. want great games in our collection. Great so. games. So that's the thing. It's like 
a midweight Euro is just, that's a space. There are a lot of games competing for that space. And so you yeah. just got to pick the one that's like, this is the one that speaks to me. And then maybe there's not any particular reason why it speaks to me more than this other one, but this is the one that's right for me. And I'm going to keep this one. So like you said, it's not like the Arnak is a bad game. I'll tell you what's not though, a multiplayer, solitaire, resource efficient game. I'm going to give a shout out to my boy Byron for hooking me up with a final girl. Yeah, oh, you got to play. I have been playing the mess out of this freaking game. And it Solo. Is, right? Yes. It is, well, I've actually played a couple times with Sam uh, where we were both kind of just Cooperative. Like, yeah. And, and you can do it that way. And it's just really, it's just a, a cinematic experience that you get. Like if you're a fan of horror movies and just like the horror movie tropes, it's great. Each play feels so different. Uh, based on the final girl that you have, and then the the bad guy that you're fighting, um, the like there's just there's so much modularity with this game. Um, so thank you, Byron, for saving me a pack of of this game, and I'm also looking forward to the lore book that uh, John is going to be delivering to me here. Hopefully, is this soon. Are a new lot content? of the bad guys um, coming from those classic? Yes, so like like movies? so like yeah. J- like a riff on Jason. There's a riff on Freddy, Chainsaw um, Guy. Or, yeah, so yeah. I mean it's yeah. So and then there's going to be another Kickstarter coming out soon. So Jacob, I'd recommend maybe uh, hopping in on this because it's cinematic and cooperative. <laughs> yeah, it does seem very thematic um, oh, with it. Have it does guys... take up a ton of like table space because the game comes you can get with like two play mats, and so it's like two separate play mats that you put together to play. Like it is a huge game for solo or a, a two-player cooperative experience with it but yeah, it seems ha- really the cool. hacker slasher theme is is fun um i i'm i don't think i've ever played a board game that's implemented it well so i'd like to see yeah. that have you guys ever played either dead by daylight or uh friday the 13th on i console love friday the 13th yeah, me and dead my by boys, is very similar to me and to my friday well friday or that one is more competitive i feel like people can get really sweaty on that one the friday the 13th me and my guys from knoxville shout out to you guys we just goof off in there we run around and and just try to escape and it is just hilarious it's we're really cracking fun. up yeah. the whole time one person plays as the slasher and the other character the other people play as the you know the, the victims or whatever yeah. trying to escape and there's ways you escape and it's different in each of those games david did you say in final girl is it totally cooperative you always play against the the board so to speak yeah it's it's never a competitive game so i mean and it's if you play cooperative you both control the final girl and it's fun to like make decisions and think like okay if we were the final girl like what would we do in this situation um and you know it is it can be very swingy and very random but it's also over in like 20 minutes so it's you know if you lose just set it up again um i think for me the fate my favorite part is the um the victims which are just like the side characters that you're trying to save in the game and like just all the dumb stuff that they do um it's they've put a lot of like they put a lot of soul into this game this has a game has a lot of character and a lot of heart to it and i, I really appreciate is, it is there a variable set up for like difficulty or length of play that you want to have yes okay Okay. Yeah. It, to me, like I've always said, if I'm ever in a solo situation, I've got a lot of video games that haven't been played yet that I can get to. But we've also been doing a ton of two-player experiences here in the past couple of weeks, and we are working on putting together a um, an episode and some lists of two players. It uh, two-player games is yeah. something that we've started to fall in love with because there are some nights where maybe it's just two of us uh, can only get together, but we can still have like full-fledged um, yeah. gameplay experience. I have two-player. One- 180 on two-player games. I, I feel like I bought a couple earlier on in my board gaming journey, did not really like them, or I just liked spending time with, like, more people. So I'm like, you know, let's get games that just can play as many people as possible. Um, since then, 
Oh man, there's been some juicy two-player games that have come out. I think two-player games, if done right, can add in the element that you may not get from multiplayer games in like the mind game aspect. And I think if if a two-player game does the like the whole mind game aspect during the gameplay right, then it's going to be a solid one. And I think all the ones that I've loved have done that really well. Um, And it's like it may not be a giant steak; it's a small steak, but every bite is juicy. Yeah, that's how I, my good reference for it. Uh, so that's gonna be coming, but uh, we want to kind of jump into the uh, meat and potatoes of the episode today and get into our top twenty through eleven board games of all time. So far, we've done thirty of them. We're There's gonna been, see some fav- like some some big boys yeah, on this one. I and feel so like. I am just stressed out of which games that in my mind everyone loves, but it, it's not gonna quite make the top five or ten. Um, and so there have been some exciting uh, revelations in our top 30 so far. Uh, so I, what I enjoy about our, the way we've done our list, not that it's perfect or anything, is that although we've made our list, the yes. way we have it scored amongst all of us is that we're still exploring the outcome or going on the same journey. So when you hear us talking about it, we're hearing and, and finding out the results of these yeah. at the same time yeah. as and you it's are. And it's an aggregated list. And so kind of what Jacob was saying is if somebody's game is like their top five game that gives it like 45 to 50 points. And so even if they are the only ones who love it, which happened to me a lot of times, um, it can kind of still make the back end of the list. So I do like that. Um, we're, um, we're probably maybe going to play around with that formula in future uh, versions of this, but uh, we did leave off with Comet, Blood, and Sand. Yeah, was our number 21. So we're going to get into our number 20. Wait, wait, wait. Jake, hang on. Jacob didn't get a chance to kind of throw his little pitch. Jacob, yeah. you so got 30 you're, seconds. You're the one who owns the copy of this game. 30 seconds for Blood and Sand. I love Kemet, Blood, and Sand. I know that there's a ton of comparison to Blood Rage, and they do some things similarly in that there's combat and then there's escalating powers and abilities. But I think Kemet shines because it encourages lots of combat. It, it, and David phrased it as a race game more than an area control game. And if you think about it that way, it's actually very true because you get points for winning combat. You get permanent victory points for winning combat, and you get temporary victory points for where for you know areas that you control, but you can lose those victory points. And so um, it is just a game where it encourages fighting, but fighting's not devastating. And Matthew, for someone who just feels it's the most okayish game of all time, there's no dice rolling. It is a total, it, everything, there's there's no luck involved in Kemet. It is strategy and yeah. uh, maneuvering and placement, yeah. and it's tight. And so I like I all do, those I things will say, about it. I do tend to like those games and there's plenty of them that do a Lord of the Rings, a confrontation is another one where you have a hand of cards and you can play them. They're usually combat cards and you can't play them again until you pick them up. Concordia kind of does the same thing, but I love that mechanic. I guess I've never felt like, Oh no, I've made a mistake and I don't have this card in my hand. Like it's a cool mechanism. You play a card, discard one, but I've, I've never felt that pain. I like that it's not that punishing. It's really not a super punishing game. And maybe I guess if if you never have to worry about feeling bad for, if you never have to worry about feeling bad for making mistakes, then how can you equally as feel good for doing something successful? So there's not the tension is what you're saying that you, you, you feel it. Um, exactly. I, like, I, I don't care too much if I win, don't care too much if I lose. It's if just, you structure Cthulhu Wars! I, I think yeah. if you, well, I, 
Uh, Brady, I disagree. <laughs> the first play of Cthulhu Wars, nobody knew what they were doing. Of course, it didn't feel like you cared about winning. But anyways. We were just learning it. We were just learning the freaking game. But anyways. Um, you guys hijacked my pitch. Kevin Blunson, number 21 of all time. <laughs> yeah. Last note, I think we're going to see the better it's a good one, Jacob. of the trilogy later on down the list. True. And I may agree on my list that it's the better. <laughs> all right. Okay. Oh, okay. it was the trilogy. You said. Sorry. All right. Sorry. Here we go. Let's, Let's go. go. All right. So our number 20 board game of all time, we have... Mombasa. Mombasa. I think this is the first. Okay. Is this the first Fister that's made the list? I can't. Has Maracaibo uh, made the list earlier? This is high on John's list. No, not no. Yet. So this we have, this is our first Alexander Fister uh, game on our list. This is my number ten. Uh, no, sorry, this is John's ten. My number seventeen, and then Jacob, your twenty-eight. I know I talked about this a couple um, podcast episodes ago. Uh, I played this at three player for the first time and it was the first time I've ever done. So, and it just sung on every note, the tension, the worker placement, the track movements, the engine building area control is fantastic. And it plays super quick at a three player game. And I think it's super solid. If you want to get some of those vibes of packs feelings that we enjoy about manipulating things that we don't actually control, uh, but not go full into like packs premier or Perforiana or anything like that. It's great. Jacob, yeah, this, game, on your list. this game screams Alexander Fister to me. Um, and I think it's solid. It just didn't make my list, but I think that probably has more to do with the fact that it's been it's been a while, a while since we played it. So it just it wasn't I fresh. Think Matthew, John, and myself played it at three relatively recently, recently yeah. um, and that was a great playthrough. Mombasa is a fantastic game. I've enjoyed every play of it, um, especially yeah. You can kind of align yourself with are they countries? What's the what are you aligning? So they're companies. With? Companies. They're, yep. Uh, Companies that are just raging and pillaging across Africa, exploiting yes. the resources. Uh, Beautiful. It's he, getting a reprint with a different theme. He's always so sensitive to culture, isn't he, Alexander Fister? He really is. <laughs> uh, yep. Mombasa, great game. Yep, Top that's 20. number 20. All right, Brady, what is coming in at 19? What do we have? Number 19, we have Brass Birmingham. Let's this go! Was, so this was the first game. We you know we all have these big memories. This was the first game that... I played with David. That, yeah. Yeah, we played with David. Yeah, we yep. went over to his house. I remember you came over to one of the game nights we were having just a, just our community kind of meet up game night. David, you there with your wife, and you mentioned to me, "Hey, I got this really great, cool game. I haven't played it. Brass, have you? Do you know anything about it?" And I said, "I've heard about it. I've kind of looked at it. I haven't played before." I said, "I can learn the rules, help help figure out and stuff." And so we that was our very first game that we ever played uh, together. So it's your number three, David. So and sing it, David. Yeah. So Sam and I have played this a bunch. Um, I will say, so here's the thing. At two player or? Yeah, at two player. Okay. So I've enjoyed it at two. My my chief complaint with Brass Birmingham is that it is at four, at a four player count. I do not want to play it unless everybody who's play, like everybody at the table is experienced. Very. Because the downtime yeah. that, that you can experience is way too much in Brass Birmingham. Um, so I don't appreciate that. Um, so really, two to three players is good. The other thing that I would say is a shame is that um, for for a really long time, I was hoping to play it with uh, or, or introduce it to Jacob. And uh, and so I had brought it over thinking like... Jacob still hasn't played it? No, he, he has played oh, okay, it. So okay. here's the thing. I brought it over thinking we're going to go ahead and jump right into the game when I got to Jacob's house. But you guys were wrapping up a game oh, no. of terraforming Mars, which you know took like another 20 <laughs> minutes by the time you packed everything up. And then I had to explain the rules. By that time, it was already 9 o'clock. And I was like... Well, I have it's two a rough choices. One at nine I have two choices. Either A, we're going to forego the Brass Birmingham experience again, <laughs> or just say screw it, we're, we're going to teach gonna it to them, and we're going to jam it down their throat. <laughs> yes. And so Was it a mistake? Um, I don't know. I think uh, Jacob, you tell me. So David, I will tell you that 
if you remember the very first time we did this, uh, our, our top 50, I had an original list. I think Brass Birmingham was on that original list. Now it was like 47 or 48. Um, and then when I redid my list real quick, because it had been months since I'd even looked at it, um, I took it off because there were other games I had played that I'd like more. However, David, I actually do see this moving this moving on to my top 50 at some point because I see what potential the game has. And that obviously there's a reason people like it. I just had a poor experience. You spilled a drink all over the all, all over my beautiful playmat. You know, it was a rough we were, we were playing a game with beer involved and you spilled beer all over my playmat. And you know, there was just some rough things involved yeah. in this wow. play. But I would love a beer on and I, play and I already I wasn't there, but I know that David, sometimes you have a tendency to be a, be a very, very fast and intense rules teacher when you're going through the game because you just want to get to the game it's as fast game. as possible. The learning game. And the so, arbiter of learning games. Yeah. And so Brass is, if you haven't played a game like it, can be very different conceptually to understand how things work. Well, and what I appreciate about Brass Birmingham, and then like I like this about Concordia, I like this about like if a Euro game has this, I appreciate in that there is a shared infrastructure that we are yeah. all contributing yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. And positive so, player and it's positive player interaction Absolutely. and where where if somebody takes your resources good you're increasing my yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, my yeah. income now later in the game you may not need because you need the resources yourself so i appreciate that there's positive player interaction there's a shared infrastructure it has a cool it's very much a hand management game Absolutely. um and so i think yes there is definitely a reason why it is the number 3 board game and, uh, board game on board game geek yeah and i feel like the board balance in that kind of sense of shared progression in the game is better at three um yes. I, I off the top of my head i just can't remember all the fine details of the map and stuff but i felt a better rewarding experience in those hard decisions at three players uh to me it wasn't as much as the time that i remember it was just the experience itself at three but that's our number 19 yeah, this Brass Birmingham. Has... i recently picked up the deluxe edition copy even bought an extra of pack of the of course you did well yeah well at least when i bought it at Packs. I got the base game. I didn't real at that time. I thought the deluxe, like Kickstarter quality of the game, you couldn't get anywhere. But as soon as I got home, I went online and I look. Hey, I can just order this online. The deluxe version. This, so I ordered the deluxe. So I'll soon have two versions of the brass. I will have to sell the original, <laughs> but I also then have an Shaking extra set of the iron clays yeah. that I picked up for other games. Yeah. Well, Matthew, one, the, you're a better you're a better teacher than I am with these games. So schedule a game with Jacob and John. Let them know everything. The rules or how it and works. Brady. Well, it's, it's a three-player game, so I we, Brady. We can, trust no. me. Don't, don't play we this can, at four. No. Don't play no, this no, at four. No, we're playing this at four. We're oh playing it at four. You're just hate just it. tell me what's in network at all times. The only yeah. reason why this one isn't on my list is because it's been probably two years since I've played it. Um, at least. I, and I feel like, and there was a good bit of time in between those plays, even, and so both of them were learning games, and I feel like this this one. Would get better with more yeah, plays. Yeah, and I love the way it does debt in this game. And oh, we yeah. mentioned it before on some of our top first player mechanisms, like things that is integrated into how you play the game. This one is great. Yeah, it's all related to how little or much money you spend. There's nothing artificial about it. You get to strategize your turn placement for the next round, which can be huge. If there's a, if the there's game. one thing we need more in games, it's Debt. We got to teach these people how to manage it. I think I think debt is a phenomenal mechanic in games that isn't in there more. Yeah. Um. Some games it's do not... it better than others. Like I don't I don't like the like with the Crystal Palace. You can take you essentially take debt when you can't pay for something. And so in Crystal Palace, it's a game where kind of where you're forced to take debt. In Brass Birmingham, you can strategically choose to take yeah. debt even when you don't need to, so you can strategize to get a better return on your investment by how you pay it off. Yeah. And I think we need that to learn more fantastic. about debt in board games and in high schools. There you go. Hey, hey man, brother. All, All right, right, 18. Our number 18, we have oh. coming in hot. We have this is 
Yeah. Raven's Austria number one. Number one Let's of go. all time for a certain member of the yeah. Yeah. Base. So Only we, the second number one so, to uh, pop up on yeah. the list. And so we recently, a couple months ago, we got in our new Let's Waltz uh, Kickstarter upgraded edition. Uh, I think the Let's Waltz is fan-freaking-tastic, as David likes to say. It just takes the game from a midweight euro and bumps it up to 11, not in, not in heaviness, but in unique strategic ways to play the game. And I think it's fantastic. I've only played that at two. I played the base game with Brady, but I, I Brady, I promise you, the game experience is so much more rewarding and just sings with the, all the things we, we like, Luciani-type games, when you add in those expansions. I haven't played with the celebrities, I don't think, but it is fantastic. Uh, sorry, David, you can tell us a little bit more about it here, but... This is my number one game because I think every time I've taught it to somebody new, it has never failed for them to see, like, oh, this is what modern board gaming can be. Yeah. Um, and they just, they've enjoyed it every single time. My my, my brother-in-laws have since purchased this game, and they mainly just like uh, party games. Um, Grand Austria Hotel, I think, is... It's just one of those games that just hits me just right, and I and I hope that Jacob, you've not played this yet. It's a great game. I think Sage would really like this game. So if you get a chance to play it with her, I think she would really enjoy it because yeah. it does a lot of that combo stuff too. I don't know, just Luciani. Yeah. I think for me, at his finest, uh, more than Barrage, more than Voyages of Marco did Polo, more than any of his other games. Get that out of but here. did you get hear? That out of here. But did you hear about the new game? That he's supposed to be working what, on the Anunnaki. The Anunnaki. <laughs> oh my gosh! When I, I stop with this, I, if you don't know about the Anunnaki, about just <laughs> just open your third eye, brother. <laughs> the Anunnaki will Actually, change. Actually, the, the idea for that game looks so awesome. The Anunnaki. I don't even have time to go I into know, the don't Anunnaki. Get into it. Well, oh my gosh! No, no, we'll no, talk no, about no, it. Listen, time. when I was in when I was in college and I didn't want to do my <laughs> homework, he goes into it. No, I'm not talking about. But I would spend like all kinds of hours, just at two o'clock in the morning at UT. And just not doing homework, not studying, and just we know your diving. third eye. If is you open. listeners have figured out by now, Matthew gets carried away often, and we have to reel him in. So yeah. Matthew, I'm reeling you in. Right Listen, now. The only thing I'll say about I Grand Austria Hotel, I am excited to play it, David. You hyped it up so much, I would love to play it. Two and three player. The only thing it's great out, and I'm sure Mr. Friends, Mr. Clemens, Franz, Franz mm -hmm. is a great, fine gentleman and a scholar. I hate his artwork. I hate it. It's I hate it. Mediocre his, at best. His board games. It's not my the favorite. Art, they but just it's don't comforting. draw me in at all. They they repel me. Yeah, I find and it. I find it's it, a little I more eclectic in Grand Austria. But I will. Friends. What I will say about this is, I think this one for me really suffered from you guys over hyping it. Um, because David kind of like and doing the movie. Yeah, you and Matthew both just were like, this is the greatest game of all time, and I played it, and I I thought it was... Yeah, it's my number 14. Okay. I played it with John, and after a very just one play, and when John and I, we threw everything in there, he put it at his 39. Uh, I think it's fantastic, and it really is when you add in the, the Let's Waltz expansions, it, it cranks it up, and the combo, it's just combo city. Let me just say, last thing about Grand Austria, I went away to Knoxville for a work trip, and I came back, and I walked in through the door, and my wife, Samantha, had the game set up on the table, and she's like, hey, you want to play? And I was like, man, this is one of the most beautiful things that's ever happened. <laughs> and that was with Grand Austria Hotel. She really likes wow. this game, too. I love it. Fantastic. Deserves to be on my number. All right, Grand Austria Hotel, our number 18 board game of all time. Coming there in. There it is. Coming in at number 17. You can take a guess. It is <laughs> Liar's Dice. Nice. Brady's this number is where four. it deserves to be higher up on the list. Jacob put it at number ten. Made the top go. ten. Brady, yeah. are you happy? John and I did not have this ranked Can at all on our list. Peace now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Jacob, you had it at your ten. David, you had it at thirty-seven, and Brady had it at four. We've talked about this game a lot. It's a quick-paced 
getting your the minds of your opponents, uh, bluffing, yeah. feeling the tension, Sorry, the I pressure. I think what you meant to say was the perfect game. So um, I took this one home for the holidays, um, played with my sister and my mom, who don't play games very often. Uh, my mom is usually just very skeptical of some games, but I we taught her this. She ended up winning back-to-back and was just like, this is the best game ever. I finally found my game. Um, well, and nice. all It's a piratey gambling game of all games. It's well, you got, a, you got the pirate set, which I think adds a little more to the aesthetic of it. You got the, the, the cubs and the playmat. Yeah, yeah. And I, that, that is. I think the one thing trying to explain the game to people is understanding how the bidding system and how the ones, how the ones count compared to the other numbers and stuff yeah, as yeah. the wild explaining this game to new people would be so much more difficult if you didn't have that play mat to to show people how the the bidding moves up and yeah. stuff so increasing dice value or yeah essential game components it's just yeah. a best bang for your buck kind of board game it's yeah. Like, yeah you will spend that 24.99 and get your 24.99 yeah i've already got like 50 plays of it more this year. That's yeah. more than anything. It's, it's not it's not in my top 50 and i think that may just be to the way toward the complexity we, of the game, but you it don't is, put party games in your list but where would this be but i was about in to say in your top 100 Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. Top 75. That's um, the, the, the 25 games after my top is 50 that a, are all is party that games. Is a compliment? Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. There are a lot of, I played a lot of games. For him? Yeah. But yeah. listen, the thing is, if you were going to say, Matthew, what is one game you'd be willing to play for an entire evening just back to back to back? Because we don't play, when we play games, there are very little games we play back to back. Liars Dice maybe. would be one that I'd be like, we could play for three hours, take a coffee break, yeah. get a snack, and keep playing. And I will never forget that first time that we whipped this out with Steven, and you guys have been playing Onk for like two and a half hours or whatever. And it was like it was like tension had been building up in the room. And that oh. first play on Liar's Dice, it just popped all that well, tension and everybody. Yeah, Brady, a good time. you weren't yeah, you weren't there. There was it was there was so much tension. <laughs> half of it was frustration at yourself. Half I felt of it, it when I walked frustration in. at the game. Like I was having a bad time. <laughs> and then we broke out Liar's Dice. We we you know rattled the dice around in our cups and threw them down. And we're just like, Woo! It was cathartic. It was yeah. it, it was yeah. a cathartic release, and I'm like, guys, I'm living right now. Yeah. It was just right. it, it gave me the tension and the thrill that I was looking for. But that's I'm hoping number, it moves up. Yep. Hoping it moves up. Number seventeen, liars dice. Brady, what do we have coming in at sixteen? We got Marco Polo. Oh, a direct crossover between Matthew and I. Fine. Our both of our number nines. Yep. And uh, it was John's thirty four. Uh, David had it at forty nine. Uh, oh, yeah, 49. Yeah, and Jacob didn't have it ranked at all. I think this is definitely a game, Brady, you and I have played the most in the group. We played it several times, two-player, just the two of us. We have Marco Polo 1. We have 2 in the service of the con. We talked about combining the components and everything for that. I think everything about that game, I know at least for you and I, we love the resource management, the contracts, the the movement out on the board for new action locations, the markets. Uh, yeah, and yeah. you missed the you missed the selling point is the asymmetric abilities that you the the broken oh, powers the broken, that you, broken powers, powers yes. is fantastic. No, I think no one has done none done these like over the top broken powers better than this. Like I love it. Get that out he of there. He doesn't. You don't David, think Cthulhu Wars is over David's the top? Pointing at um at Cthulhu Wars. No, I think and like these are when you start right off the bat. You just have these broken powers that are like what? Like your your entire game. Totally changes depend on depending on you know what power you were given here, um, and this is one where um, here I think we had Marco Polo two, but we've really um, combined them together to form Marco Polo Ultimate Edition. So we're basically just smashing together my copy and Matthew's copy. Yeah, this is just Marco Polo collectively as yeah. the game. Uh, number sixteen. Um, 
They David, are it barely made your similar. list. How did it just barely make it through onto your list as your number 49? So this is our third Luciani game, and I have a f- strong feeling Lorenzo's going to be on here as well. That's r- so. Oh, Lorenzo has not made it on the list here. Zulkin. Zulkin's going to be right, so I'm gonna curious gonna be who's going to be the most represented designer on this list. But the, uh, 49, uh, I just haven't played it as as much. So I, I do yeah, like how many, how many How many have you uh, Twice. It? Twice. Okay. Yeah. So I've just you were there for now. one of our very first games of it. Um, yeah, and I got spanked. Uh, so it's a it's yeah it's a it's a great game. I I really like the um, just like the broken powers and trying to get those contracts and like yeah. it's crazy when you see somebody who's excelling and you're just doing so poor and you're like clearly there are ways to get better at this game, which what, I appreciate. And the funniest part is at. like you know what you were playing like you lost by like fifty points. You're like okay, I want your overpowered ability and stuff. I'm gonna play with the next game, and then you use it the next game, and you get spanked again by another fifty points. Always makes it fun. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right, well, that is our number 16, Marco Polo. It's going to be uh, a mainstay that's going to be in our play cycle for a long time to come. Number 15, we have the, the quest, quest for El Dorado. The good hmm. doctor is in the house. That's and this right. was on par with a lot of us. I'm a little surprised John doesn't have this one on his list, but it was 16 for me, 14 for David, and 19 for yeah. Jacob. So all pretty close right there this is a for me this is a this is one of those kind of feel good games very quaint very nice very well designed but below you <laughs> but i just need to make my top 50 it's beneath me yeah <laughs> no it's it's just a delight to play it's so clean i mean mm-hmm. like it's such a clean design mm-hmm. and it's easy to understand it's simple it's elegant um but there's a lot of layers of, t- of strategy yeah. and so um i think Kanitsia just really hit it out of the park with this i one, am I not really enjoy it i'm not a big fan of these deck builder plus games um where i just think the the deck building mechanism is so clean and then when you add in all of this stuff it just like messes it up um, but this is one of the few games that I feel like stays just as clean as Dominion, but has just a little bit more interesting stuff going on. Well, and there's there's interaction in there too. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you are looking at your opponents and you're like, you know what? No, I'm going to place this boom right yep. here just mm-hmm. to block them. So it's interactive, it's clean, it has deck building in it, um, and it's over in how long? Like 20 minutes? So yeah, super uh, quick. Yeah. Yep. And it, I just got the expansion to add a bit of asymmetry in there. A little so, spice to make yeah. things nice. Yep, so that's our number 15 quest for Eldorado. What do we have coming out of 14, Brady? 14 is Dune Imperium, another big builder game. talking about. Dune Imperium. That's right. It's on four of our lists, everyone but Brady's, uh, which is a surprise because you won our most recent game of Dune Imperium, and that usually bumps a game up a couple points (laughs) in your book whenever you win it. This one is just at war to me with Arnak, and I like Arnak better, and I feel like almost out of spite i did not put dune imperium on the list but it is solid yeah i john had this as as highest rated at number eight obviously he's the one who owns the game in the group uh he recently got the deluxe edition which uh deluxe upgraded components which is fantastic adds a lot more immersion to the game we're going to have the uh, new expansion coming out soon he's already got pre-ordered um the one my biggest criticism for the game is the combat just the absolute win or lose condition with it is just all or nothing. But the fact that I can win or be very competitive in winning the game with just focusing on a true deck building strategy is the only reason it's made my list. It was my 36. Uh, David, you're 17. Jacob, you're 37. If it did not have 
bland space hexagons, it would have made the Here list. Here we go again. <laughs> Those bla- Please, why do space games have to have hexagon symbology? Why? It's space. It's the future. Get, oh. You think of one theme and setting that could have the most unique unique shapes and all that kind of stuff yes. would be space games. And they use two-dimensional hex- hexagons. Get out of here. And Get very, some graphic yeah, design. A lot of grays and a lot of tans and a lot oh. of Dude oranges and stuff. a lot of fun. It, it does, I mean, it... it does compete in the same space as Lost Ruins of Arnak, and I don't know which one I like better. I think my wow, traditional you, taste uh, would say that a Dune Imperium is better just because there's more combat, there's more interaction than in and deck Arnak. building. Um, I'm still trying to figure out. I need more plays of Dune Imperium. I will say I'm a little bit skeptical of you fine gentlemen around the table with me, and especially John, because I think there's a, a blind love for the IP that has knocked this up in your list because, you know, uh, it's a good game. It's a good game, but I think the Dune love has knocked this up in your well, list. Well, I, I will with say America and the rest of the world on BGG. Deep diving into the lore and the the entire world of Dune, uh, it made me understand how the card combinations worked and why they did what they did. Because there's a lot of powers and abilities on these cards, um, but now knowing who those characters are and how they fit into the world. It makes sense, and so yeah, it's there's a ve- lot. It's very thematic. I mean, the fact that the giant worm is the first player token, I mean, you cannot get more <laughs> thematic than that. Thank you, Brady. So Thank you. The Dune Imperium, I mean, it it is kind of pasted on. I mean, like they did add some thematic touches Thank with you. Um, some Thank of the things, you. but I don't like when you actually think about it. I don't think that Lost Ruins of Arnak and Dune Imperium compete because one is a multiplayer solitaire resource efficiency puzzle. The other is a deck building. And the combat. other one is a deck building combat game. Like, well, I mean, maybe not deck building combat. It's a, it's a deck building game with some interactive combat and like just. But I think what Dune Imperium does is when you see somebody get a point, you feel that. Because you know yeah. there's it's ten, yeah, it's it's ten, 10 points. and yeah, you're yeah, done, yeah. and you mm-hmm. better get to that ten before anybody else. And so I think yeah. it has tension. Um, you're not just playing in your own little sandbox, generating resources, but I think you can have both because really I don't see there. There really should not be any comparison yeah. between these games. And you know we did we had an we had a quick game uh, the other night of of uh, Istanbul the dice game. And Matthew play and you can play this game fast and loose where you're leaning <laughs> on a lot of luck and dice rolls. And you can get those points real quick, or you can play the slower game, kind of build up. And I feel like Dude Imperium has that same thing, where you can go out there and try to scoop up all the quick points and hope nobody else can catch up. Or you can play the longer deck-building game and and try to get those points later on. And that's that's honestly, that's the, that's the one saving grace I have with it. It makes it onto my list. Uh, and I just realized Lost Runes of Arnak has not made an appearance in our top 50. Ooh. Oh, no! Oh, has yeah. it? Has, brother? Yeah, has it's further Are you up. You crazy? You paying attention? Matthew. Number oh. 40. Whew. Okay, Breaking good. my heart. Well, I was about here. to lose my mind if Lost Runes of Arnak beat doing Imperium and was 40. in our top 10. No, no, no. Okay. Oh. Right where it belongs. David, Get I just down. want to comment. I, t- I appreciate your mediating position. I think that there are room. there is room in the world for both games, and they yeah. bring their own color to the world. If they Even didn't, if one brings a more it, yeah, vibrant yeah, color. If they didn't come out in the same year, no one would be talking about them in comparison. That's literally the only thing I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Lucky number 13. What do we got? We have coming in hot and heavy. We have Hansa Teutonica. Everybody's favorite beige euro. The best yeah. beige euro. This was the best first. This was the only game where I've seen, I saw Matthew just tilt the hardest on the first turn of the game. Matthew just 
through. It was hilarious. It was one of my worst first play experiences of board game <laughs> in my entire life. But I also could tell, like, when you were coming in, you did not look like you were ready to play. Like, you were wanting to play the game either when well, you came in. Well, I mean, it, it wasn't on my... It is the blandest Euro you can possibly think but they, of. They, like, I, it wasn't my choice to play, but, like, I never... I always, if I haven't played before, like, I want the game to be great because I, I, if I'm going to play it, I want the experience to be great. Uh, but my very first action... Um, you decided just to like, all right, you just came in right in after me and took over my piece and stuff. Yeah. I was like, well, David, this is our first game. And if you want, I was like, yeah. I'm not going to just back down and let you do that yeah. to me. See, now you know how I feel half the time. But I, so, and I went into this game knowing that that is how this game plays. So you, you have to, and it's almost like, you know, the first person goes, they put it and the second person blocks them. That is like the opening moves of the game. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, and like sometimes you want someone to bump you off the place, yeah, like, exactly. and that's yeah. that's fantastic. You're just like, hey, man. And I had a little bit of a me. misconception of the. I felt I thought it going into it is going to be like a lot more like combat, but it's more of strategic placing to kind of mm -hmm. almost force your opponent's hand to give you a benefit. This is an elegant game, an elegant yeah. game. There and there is a ton of maps and content for it too. Yeah, and I like I, we don't play this to try to get into all the maps. I'm I'm glad that some of those came with that big box expansion. I don't go and try to like hunt all those down. Um, but yeah, to me, I just want to play that base game. It feels very chess-like because you are literally just moving pieces, putting them into position, um, and getting a little bit of an engine going as you are kind of building up. But uh, really, this is one of those games where as soon as you get that engine to where you want it to be, the game's pretty much over. So, yep. So that's that was uh, our number thirteen. It was seventeen on Brady's list, thirty on John's list, twenty three on David's, and twenty seven on yours, on Jacob. Mine, yeah. Yep. So yeah. pretty well round. Pretty solid. Pretty solid for everybody there. All right, coming in at number twelve, we have there it is, Cyclades. Wow, I did not expect David putting it at number ten. Wow. wow, that. Wow. Okay. Matthew, I am shocked this isn't on your list. I don't think it's the best dudes on a map game we have. The thing about this game that is good is the bidding, but you, the your only way you want to play yeah. it is the, but like you don't win just that. Like you have to do positioning stuff on the board. Yeah. I like having the, where you add in the, uh, the, Titans. Uh, the Titans. Brady just wants to play it on the base game so he can turtle up. I think that's a horrible <laughs> way to do it. And so I don't feel like there's any way we're going to play this game to where it's going to be a combination that I enjoy. No, I, you, so I do like to play it with the, just the base game because I think the entire game is that bidding system. And when you play with the Titans, you no longer need it. Your Titans can just attack at any time. And so to me, I think that takes away from the core mechanism of the game, which is those bidding tracks. Because now the bidding doesn't matter because I don't need Ares anymore because I can attack anytime I want. And so to me, yeah, it just takes what was so amazing about the game and goes... Yeah, we're just going to do it. Well, if that. amazing is turtle up and don't worry about anyone ever coming in to get you because it literally is almost impossible because in the base game, the only way to go anywhere and do anything is with the Poseidon ability. No, and well, I disagree. I think it just took a longer term of planning to do that where, um, you know, and it, it's, a fa it's a much faster-paced game with the Titans because you can do two things at a time, right? Where with this, I have to go, okay, this turn I'm getting Poseidon, next turn I'm getting Ares, next turn I'm getting, you know, this. And so you kind of have to plan that out longer, and I know, like, I don't necessarily turtle up, but I know... That no one can do anything to. To me, I like having that thought, like, if someone was willing to pay out the wazoo, it could happen, so I always need to make sure I'm prepared for the possibility. In the base game, you know and don't have to worry beyond a shadow of a doubt that you don't have to worry or think about it. I don't like that in a dudes-on-a-map 
area control game where you just don't have to worry about anything for the next three rounds. Just well, you it's have to impossible. worry about it in the bidding process, uh, and and so if somebody, but you know you how much it, if someone doesn't have enough money and then they're going after it, or you know you're enough money, there is a way where you can have a pretty good sense where. And with reasonable surety, I don't have to worry about anything. Yeah, for the and to next me, that rounds. makes it more strategic and less, you know, woozy floozy up there because I know Matthew is willing to do whatever he possibly can <laughs> to make sure I lose the game. So, yeah, you know. I don't know. It, to me, it felt a lot more restrictive and some yeah. of that tension just Hit of that presence. The Titans there. do fundamentally change the nature of the game. And so it's just how you like the game to be played. I think you guys just take opposing viewpoints, and that's fine. Um, I think. That first game we ever played when it was just the base game, um, like there were some electric moments in the bidding war that yeah. made it so fun. And that, and made, those that were, makes that really the bidding memorable. the center of the it game. It does. Yeah. The Titans do improve the area control aspect of the game, and I personally prefer them, but I see what you're saying, Brady, and that yeah. like if you really want that just great bidding game that has this kind of this area control element, Cyclades is amazing uh, for that reason. But there's other great but, bidding games. Um well, not but, bidding area control games. Yeah, but, power grid. Uh, I don't know power grid. The Titans do add a lot in, and then we, you know, we our last play. This unfortunately, I've even cooled. I, I would have if I had made this list today. I would have even cooled off more on this game just because our last play was so sad. Because we tried to throw everything in there just, with the team. It was yeah, a, the was Hades, insane. the Titans. Less is more too people. Much. It was a three v three mega map with every almost every content thrown into it. It was. We weren't ready either. Well, I see. Yeah, yeah. that's the thing. I, we, we weren't ready. And I think, and let there be a lesson in that what halted the game were that there were some rules things. And this group oh. is so dang flipping competitive that yeah. it's like, if there's anything, we'll argue and halt the pace of the game for oh, absolutely. 20 minutes just to argue when it would just be better to say, hey, you know what? Go ahead and we'll just move it along. We'll check the rules later so that we can play it again. And but everybody would rather destroy the pace of the game to get this one well, rule right to make sure that someone didn't get that one. But there's a cascading effect, I know, though. I know, yeah, yeah, I yeah. understand. But, you know, you live to fight another day and just, like, whatever. But, but you got to log You got to log it in your stats, I guess. And that's why, uh, yeah. that's why it matters. I have my, so, win, my win percentage. I enjoy I, I don't know if I really like the team variant, but the Titans was dope. We didn't play with all the Hades stuff. I would have loved to play with all the Hades stuff. I'm hype on this game, so. Yeah. I'm good with base game plus, like, one module. David, I feel like you just stared into my soul when you talked about this this uh these rules pauses to get them right. I just feel exposed and naked before the world right now. If we don't follow the rules then everything in the world you falls. Gotta into watch you, you gotta watch what you watch what you do on game night because Jacob is watching your board like a hawk. Like, like a hawk maybe I, I, I don't trust get, anybody. How did you get that one resource? Show me the stuff I'm hardened to the now. world. I don't trust the soul. You have to walk these back men three have hardened steps. my they've hardened me. <laughs> yeah. Well that's our number twelve. I did that's an I entered my heart breaks to w- just thinking what other game could have been our number twelve. Take a hike. Take, Take a, a hike. hike. All yeah. right. This number one, eleven. Number Here eleven. We, we have Lorenzo. Full crossover. El Magnifico. What do we tell Lorenzo, wow. Brady? Punish me, Lorenzo. Punish, Punish me, me, Lorenzo, for I have sinned. That's right. If you want a punishing Euro engine builder that just hurts so good every moment of the game and then you throw in the expansion for bidding for asymmetric abilities and starting resources Lorenzo Lorenzo sings and I, to me it's Luciani's Opus Day Magnum Opus whatever Magnum you want to Magnum Opus This is actually amazing so so far yeah. the only other game that has made on that has gotten on all of our lists is Wingspan <laughs> Wingspan and Lorenzo I mean yeah two pieces of pretty right amazing there. and pretty amazing Do you know what all those games have in common are those oh, both of those? Birds. No, tableau building. Tab, yeah, tableau building, I think, is one of our group's favorite yeah. mechanics. 
You know, um, I'm going to be honest. I This one's 32 for me, and I would have said that... I probably would have said that I like this game more than uh, some of you. I guess I'm, I guess I'm like directly yeah. in the middle. But yeah. I feel like the last year or so, I have stopped requesting this game because I get so many like eye rolls when I do what? request it. Yes, you and it's you. Well, there was a point where we were playing it a lot. Yeah, I think, Brady, I think you just love when you love a game, when a game just... It, 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 it takes Why, you. There's nothing wrong with it's loving a just, game? It, no, no, no. I'm just going to say you just go after it. You're requested it every game yes. night. And so I think I get kind of just tired of those games. That we you enjoy variety. And um, I think fair. that's, that's why fair. probably your feeling of it. Because I think we obviously we all enjoy this game. Yeah, you, Brady, is, you and I had it. top 40. No, actually, David so. and I, we had it at our highest. David had it at 12. I had it at 18. Everyone else had it either at the I had mid, it late 30s or 40. all the way down at 32. And I like this game. Yeah. 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 It, it, I just it, hate it, that was, I can't tell what everybody else There was a time we were just getting tons of points. Yeah, we we were just hitting it really hard. And we were just like, we need a little bit of a break. And this game hurts, man. Oh, it does? And this is, we talk about games, like, I think I've only ever won this game once. Yeah. And we played it a dozen or so Matthew times. Hit, Matthew and I hit this one at two-player, and it was fantastic oh my, at two-player. It, it was, it yeah. was brutal. It's like yeah. being slapped in the face by a 300-pound <laughs> bodybuilder. Yeah. Just knock you out. So that's it. That's the... Oh, oh my gosh. I almost yeah. clicked on our Don't top do it. Don't, Don't do it. it. We I almost arrived at the top Oh, my gosh. 10. If you told me I could pay you right uh. now to keep looking through these top 10 lists, I would pay you right now. Oh, but these are great. Uh, there's some absolute surprises. I did not think Quest or Cyclades or Hansa would make it as high up on the list as it did. Um, I was actually Brady, happy, uh, Matthew, though. you're out, out of touch with the common people. I guess out so. Touch, but man. Mombasa, was, it warmed my heart. I did, Honestly, I did not think it would be on anyone else's list, and I, I thought that was just going to be off our top 50. So that was, that was a big surprise. If you're looking at this list, and we need to post this at some, maybe when it's all done, because we haven't post, actually posted on the Discord, have we? Yeah, we've been posting. Have we actually posted like the whole list? I don't even know if it's been the whole list uh, with it. But uh, if you need just a a, a buying guide for 2022, you really, I mean, these are great. All these are like this section of the list. I'm talking about the whole top 50 so far. The only ones that are would be hard to get. I um, I don't know if Lord of the Rings confrontation has. Oh, that's hard to get. Trust me. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that one's hard to get. Yeah, that's been our list. Honestly, I think that one's the hardest one to get. Yep. Of any of these things, get, get ready to commit to a whole lifestyle if you want to go into Star Wars X-wing. Just ask on the Discord how, yeah, <laughs> how to how to work with the trade game because David Velasquez will tell you we need a, we need a channel for trades. Yeah, and David if, can give tutorials. If, if Jacob's number two isn't math trading, then David, it's David, a, David, David. Yeah, that's David's. Oh, yeah, 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 we always joke David's favorite board game is trading board it's games. Trading board games. <laughs> that's all he's doing. Yep. Well, that's exciting. That's a. Oh my gosh, so it's going to be a brutal top we, 10. So I'm curious what the predictions are for, for top 10. And I'm. I already put mine out there. So. Well, and I want to know, like, I don't know if we'll do this after we do the top 10, but like, what lit, what games that weren't on this list, but were on your list that you think deserve? How to many be, you know, more? Everybody go, list. let's go around. How many more direct. All across the board crossovers. You okay, think we have? I, two Royal Top Terraforming uh, Mars. Say, yeah, no how, how many? Oh, no spoilers. I think three. Three? At least. Uh, well, top 10 or top five? Top 10. Yeah. And the next next section. Next group. Don't say them. <laughs> Everybody's thinking right now. I'm going to go at least four. Awkward side. four. Yeah, at least four. I'll go five just to one up you. I'm going to say two because I know my top 10 oh. is very different. Oh, than no. Well, no, it, it's cross, <laughs> crossover. It doesn't have to be in, yeah. it just has to be crossover. So I know there's at least four. Oh, they could. Oh, five. No, five. A five. 
I think it's five. We're forgetting one. So who who <laughs> I, I is going to have the most representation in the top ten of all? Of I put my it's money. Looking I like would, Matthew. Yeah, I would at say this Matthew, point. but like I mean, I, I don't know how. What's your heavy boy he, Euro guy he has the most. He has the most influence on this group as far as like what gets played. Am yeah, I wrong? that is true. What? If you look at all games in the library, baby. If, well, if you look at all of the all of our our games with who's who we've played with. Uh, over the year, everyone's number two, number one person they've played with is Matthew. Oh. Um, I have played. So. Love you that much, buddy. Right. I've played like almost half. Of oh my, my gosh! Of the year with I Matthew. just thought of another game that has not made our list. That it can't be not on the top fifty. That's going to be it. in the top ten. Oh my gosh! <laughs> oh my gosh! So there's six. There's going to be six. There's going to be six crossover. Six total five way crossover. Yeah, huh? in the top okay. ten. Oh, yeah. Well, that's. I feel like some Don't of these are, are top. Get, no, but some of our top games are are some expensive ones too that we've just blinged the snot out of. <laughs> so I, you got to think, what is our most blinged, our blinged, pimped out games are ones that likely to make top ten. But this, wow, this is going to be a barn burner. I think feelings in, are going to be hurt oh, no. <laughs> when we go through these top ten. <laughs> oh oh no! Me. Don't do it to me. Yeah. Well, that's uh, that's be it for our. Uh, segment this week of our top 50 um joining next week it's gonna be a fiery episode uh we're gonna have to think of something fun and exciting to do going through these last 10 um episodes uh games uh, for that episode so we'll make it fun uh for you as well does anyone have any other any new games on the outlook any other new releases or anything that you're looking forward to Got a uh, lot of stuff I'm looking forward to. Yeah. I think we need to do an early 2022 episode of just most anticipated games. Yeah, this will this year. will be our last episode that comes out for the year 2021. Um, just the way the weeks lined up, it kind of got a little mixed up because our we wanted yeah. to end the year on our one through ten top games. So technically, that'll air the first week of January. But then we're gonna be the year yeah it, yeah. But better. we're gonna be kicking off our season two. Of the discussion phase uh, here coming in. That's got a hot. ring to it. Yeah, season two, <laughs> Come of the, on. season two of the discussion phase. We're going to have some changes and exciting new stuff coming your way. So just stay tuned and look forward to that. Um, but as always, I'm Matthew. I'm Brady. I'm Jacob from Johnson City. And I'm David from Danville. And this has been <laughs> the, the discussion, discussion phase. phase. Thank you for tuning in to this week's episode of the Discussion Phase. If you enjoyed our content and like to hear more, make sure to tune back every week for new episodes. You can follow us on Instagram at the Discussion Phase for new posts and reviews of games we're playing. Uh, you can also join us on the Discord and let us know what you think about all these topics and reviews and lists that we're going through and join in with us all throughout the week on new games you're playing and what's happening around the world of board gaming. Thanks, everybody. Happy New Year! That's right. It is going to be a new year. Mm, a new year. A new day is dawning. Oh, you know what we haven't mentioned? And this is a little treat for the uh, listeners who stuck around. and We didn't psych them out at the end. Uh, we are about to close out 2021. And one of our goals for the year was, at least I had, and I think you may well as Brady, is playing at least averaging one game a day per day and for I the entire year. didn't meet... You know, a whole lot of my New Year's resolution, but I blew that one out of the water. Out of the I water. Think your biceps got bigger, Brady. Oh, well, thank you, Jacob. <laughs> yep. So, Brady, you had how many? 400 and what? 444. 444. And I had 407 games for the year. And yep. there was a point uh, in August that I was like, there's no way I'm hitting this. Yep. And I played about 60 games just in December alone. You just got to bust packs. out Liar's Dice a little bit more. <laughs> yeah. When in I've doubt, been, bust out Liar's Dice. Yeah. 40. 
40 of those, 10% of all Brady's games for the year have been liar's dice. And I mean, did I get my money's worth out of that? Or did I oh, get my money's, money's worth, worth out of that? $25. Yeah. Absolutely worth. I all got right. 280 plays. Pretty good for being a dad. Weak. Yeah. I'm a dad, bro. And then David moved away. I think I have like maybe 100 and, or no, 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 no. Yeah, I might have like 170 plays. Oh, right. Yikes. We shouldn't let him on the podcast. I'm just joking. <laughs> I'm just joking. All right. You are incredible. Have a happy new year, everybody.